You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. Jackson. The correct Jordan Hare Stadium time is 8.42 p.m. Central Daylight Time. The digital audio device you're listening to is tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by your friendly folks at collegeandmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. It is I, Drew Croson at Center Crow 2 on Twitter, at Center Crow on Venmo. Joining me through the magic of the internet is the guy who's given you that full Fort Payne ASMR that you pay extra money for, the AU Chief. Bonacera! And Ryan is not here yet, so he's late. So we're doing another Ryan is late pod. Um... Hope he didn't fall asleep again this time. God show up late to his own funeral. Here he is, Ryan Starrett. <laughs> Ryan is on time. He just showed up. Awesome. Oh, hey Ryan. I had to get that uh, the Whataburger. Oh, now we're talking. Oh, geez. Now the truth comes out. <laughs> You're never. There used to be actually a commercial in Texas that of a guy bringing a bunch of taquitos to the office from Whataburger. And he shows up late to a business meeting, and everybody's talking about how they can't believe he's late. And he walked <laughs> in, and it said, "Like, you're never late if you bring Whataburger." <laughs> All right. Also joining us tonight on the pod, Mr. James Jones. Greetings from Jonesboro, Arkansas, where I have discovered today that apparently Craighead County, Arkansas, is a dry county. Whoa. Well, uh, what a discovery. Uh, what are you what yeah. you drinking there then? Uh well, you know, I brought some uh brought some cold Miller Lite with me. Oh, you bootleg, uh, bootleg. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that I, bottle before. Yeah, I uh performed my role as the uh the spiritual successor to Curtis Snow. Yeah. <laughs> Cletus Snow, Cletus Snow. Cletus Sorry. Snow, the snowman himself. Snowman. Are there still? When I was a kid in Arkansas, there used to be bumper stickers. Because back in the day, Ryan's not on the spot anymore. He, oh, he is on. He's not on video. Um, back in the day, Arkansas State was the uh, the Indians, and it used to have the bumper sticker would have uh, an Indian chasing a Razorback. And this is back when Arkansas, and they still do refuse to play Arkansas State in any sport. And oh, yeah. the bumper sticker said, how long will the hogs run? And it was a very common sight when you got in the vicinity of Jonesboro. Yeah. How long? I, will the I imagine hogs they run? may. Uh, I imagine they might do the same thing with a wolf now. They probably uh, have it. But, you, you know, I just uh, I felt like I needed to come up here and scout who our next coach might be after. <laughs> After Brian Harkson, oh, oh, because okay. we can only hire coaches that come from Arkansas State, apparently. Well, it would be whoever was <laughs> that, there right Jones after. Right now? 
I think it is Butch uh, Jones. Yes, it is. Oh, no. Yes, it is. Oh, no. That, uh, no, no relation. Butch Jones. Oh. James's uncle. <laughs> I think that, that that's also national champion Butch Jones, I think. Is. The best Tennessee coach of the last mm. decade, Butch Jones. This is true. Yeah. Ouch. I'd rather, I'd rather Ouch. have Butch Davis than Butch Jones. Well, yeah. Butch Davis is <laughs> – uh, responsible for Miami winning a national championship, even though he wasn't there the year they did. Man, did you imagine? That was Larry Coker. Larry Coker, the just luckiest dude on the face of the planet. Could you Larry imagine Coker. the name and likeness era Miami Hurricanes? Oh, <laughs> dude, maybe they'll be back yeah. now. I can't. I, Who doesn't want to live in Miami? I guess people that. I guess anyone from above the Mason-Dixon line doesn't want to live in Miami because it's way too hot. But imagine those old Miami teams, if all of a sudden those guys could be profiting off their camouflage I mean, fatigues that they were wearing. I mean, okay. legally profiting legally. off of Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean paying taxes on their profits from right. stuff. No, Florida's yeah. no income tax state, though, right? No, state <laughs> income tax. It's true. Yeah, they'll have to deal with the IRS. Yeah, the feds will still want your money. Well, I think we have everybody on because we really want to get into the news of the week. So I'll start off with the Tour de France update. It ended um, kind of in an incredible fashion, as people might know. It ends every year in uh, in Paris, as it has for almost for over 100 years. And this year, the talk was... If a Britishman named Mark Cavendish, who comes from the Isle of Man, had he won the stage in Paris? There's no, there's no more British name than Cavendish. It Mark just, Cavendish from the Isle of Man. They call him the Manx Missile. If the Manx Missile had won wow. his the stage in Paris, it would have been the 35th, 35th stage win of his career, which would have t- made him the sole record holder. He's basically – I called him on Twitter the Roger Maris of – pro cycling because he was about to break a record that no one had ever thought could ever be broken. He tied it though. He did not win in Paris. He was beaten by Mm. a Belgian, which I think he, the Belgian who beat him was uh, paid off by (laughs) Eddie Merckx, the greatest cyclist of all time who holds the record. Who's also Belgian. I think there was, I think there was a pep talk beforehand. I was like, hey, did they do a, a like extra dose of blood hey. doping or? Wow, here's the deal. Pep talk. Um, what exactly is the pep? <laughs> yeah, what's it? The, what's <laughs> in the pep? Wow, Van Art is the guy who won today. He's also my top tip if you're a betting man on who will win the Olympic road race in cycling. Um, I think he has been. Is, is there an unreal. option to bet nobody because there's going to be COVID and shut down the Olympics? That's a good question. I'm not a gambling man, but can you gamble against the Olympics existence? I don't know. <laughs> I, you can gamble on anything, anywhere at any time. Okay. This I know. I wonder what the, I wonder uh, what the, the odds are for a COVID cancellation. What, what odds would, would Vegas give me on a cancellation of the, of the summer Olympics? Probably better than the U S men's basketball team's odds of winning the gold medal. At this point, they're just trying to win a game. No, they beat no. they've beaten Spain now, and they've beaten Argentina. Spain's the number two in the. Uh, okay, did they did they win that Spain game? They were yeah. not looking great in that game. No, they play watching. with their they play with their food a little bit anyway. But I think that um, I mean Spain's number two in the world, and they beat them by like I want to say they beat them by 
18 or 15 by the end, maybe less. But then they beat Argentina like a drum. And Argentina is number four in the world. So Where, Where's Australia ranked, though? Um, they're actually higher than you think. But that is a good question. And I'll look it up right now. FIBA. I just think they could have done a lot better if they added, uh, I don't know, maybe some young talent. Uh, maybe a... Uh, Defender that can play on the wing that might help him out a little bit. You're okay. You went that way. You went with Okoro. <laughs> I thought you were going to go the other way, and and try to hype a uh, zero time All Star point guard to start for him over Damian Miller. <laughs> well, no, I'm not to start. Trey should be on the team. Though. <laughs> also, not having Zion, I, I don't understand. Zion, that. Zion is the omission. Zion Williamson is the number one with a bullet omission on this UA. Oh, and yeah. every. Every time they struggle to score inside, Greg Popovich should lose 20 bucks. As I, as I pointed out uh, in the Slack the other day, if Christian Leitner can be on the Dream Team, I think Zion Williamson can be on this. Yeah, Sharif uh, should be on this. <laughs> Christian Leitner is on the Dream Team. I know. I mean, geez, yeah. please. Australia, by the way, is third well, in the FIBA World Rankings. The big um, upset was Nigeria beating them because Nigeria is not even top 20. Right. So the uh, I looked it up uh, on uh, this was today the odds of the Olympics getting canceled on uh, on a particular on Betfair Exchange went from ninety to one to ten to one. Oof. Oh, and they man. have at ninety to one. I think they have four hundred eighteen thousand two hundred eighty one pounds in play. Wow. At ninety to one. No, that is closing line value. That is closing line value. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Jeez Louise. I wish I had put nine I wish I had put some cash on that ninety to one. All right. Yeah. So I think what we're we're on the eve. The next thing you listen to this podcast, Olympic sports will have happened because Olympic softball is happening as we speak. What is everyone's favorite summer Olympic sport that you watch only during the summer Olympics and you might not watch again the rest of for four more years? Um, uh, swimming and diving. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. up there. Gymnastics, swimming and diving. Um, I think gymnastics and swimming, especially, are the two. Like, there's usually a dominant American athlete in one of those sports. Whether it's Michael Phelps or uh, Simone Biles or whatever, so you, it's kind of easy to root for them. Um, the only other one I can think of would be like handball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not really anywhere else volleyball. to see handball. Volleyball, one hundred percent volleyball. Like I, I because I, I check in on Auburn gymnastics and swimming and diving from time to time. I, I have no reason to pay any attention to volleyball, uh, beach and. Uh, and indoor, especially men's, because there are no men's volleyball teams around here. Uh, that that those have got to be the sports, really. Volleyball me. to me is one of those sports where if the level of play isn't extremely high, it is a tough watch. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. tough. One. It's like watch like my brother's kid is ten and plays baseball, and. I re- we went to a couple of his games, and he was my brother was like, "Look, here's the deal. This, this is a slog. Every single <laughs> one of these is, but all of a sudden something magic happens when these kids turn 12 and 13, 
and this actually begins to be fun to watch. I said, yeah, that's a lot like volleyball. If it's bad, it's so bad that you're like, I can't. I cannot sit here and watch these girls service into the net over and over and over again. Um, Which sport can you watch that you just absolutely, no matter how long you sit there and watch it, you don't understand either the scoring system or like what's going on? Because for me, that's uh, fencing. I can enjoy uh, fencing and have no idea how it works. (laughs) Handball. My answer is handball again. Handball's tough. There's so many rules. I had to... I had to coach handball in a PE class one time, having never played it myself. And I was just like, all right, let's figure this out together, guys. <laughs> I, I think water polo may, may be that way for me. I yeah. Maybe not never figure it out. I, I, I always forget, like, how does this work? And right. then maybe I figure it out by the end of the Olympics if I watch enough of it. Um, fencing, Ryan, I think is what you said. I think I think yeah. that's a that's a good one. I'm I mean, excited honestly, for surfing in the Olympics this year because surfing has a scoring system that's like it, – it is so arbitrary. Yeah, well, it's, so that's what I was going to say about gymnastics is like you may understand the rules, but I mean you're not – like I don't, no one on this podcast right now could tell you, you know, without listening to what the commentators are telling you. Like, yeah. oh, did they score? Like what did they do there? Basically, I'm looking to see if they fall off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that, but again, that's like like surfing. You were talking about it's pretty subjective, and I imagine skateboarding will be the same way. But the, at least the gymnasts well. have some control over. They know the balance beam will be there when they get in. The surfers have no clue if a good wave is going to come now, or if the guy before me got all the good waves, and now I've got to make do with whatever I get. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, yeah. It's, in, it's so random that it's a competitive sport. I, I'm gonna. I, I'm pretty excited to watch some skateboarding though i know all it's going to do is make me sad that i'll never skateboard again so uh it, <laughs> it'll make me really sad because it'll make me want to skateboard but there's no I'm way i'm gonna I'd, watch gymnastics i'm gonna watch gymnastics i'm excited for the mountain biking because i want to see if history is made a guy could there's a chance a guy could win the gold medal in mountain biking in the same year that he for one day was the yellow jersey wearing the tour de france it's never happened before it's a bizarre it'd be like it's, the sports aren't even the same. Um, but I'm excited for those sports. I, Bomani Jones's podcast, he had an interesting point the other day where he was like, America, the way that America treats its basketball, men's basketball team is makes no sense. Like people don't watch Olympic basketball, yet we're otherworldly dominant at both men's and women's. And when you ask somebody why they don't watch it, because they're like, because we always win. But yet, like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, we are just as dominant at swimming and diving and gymnastics as we are at basketball. Yet when those girls lose, we don't kill them. Like we don't like with the when the men's, sure. the men's basketball team loses a game, a game at the Olympics, they will be vilified and just shamed by the entire by every fan in the United States. It's the only team sport we have. You can't lose. You cannot lose one game. Well, and I, also I no one's watching. That, I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, most people don't think any other country is even close to as good as us. Right. Whereas in those other sports, there's, yeah. there's China specifically gives us a big run for our money a lot of times. But, uh, and formerly I think like Russia and, yeah, yeah, you Soviet could probably, yeah. Did. but uh, 
in basketball, literally, I, 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 the average person does not think there's a country on earth that has it should even be like competitive with us in basketball, and I, I think right. that may have a lot to do with it. Uh, with no, that. you're right. You're absolutely but, right. I mean, but as we were discussing uh, earlier, uh, this may have been pre-pod. I can't remember at this point now. Uh, the, no, it wasn't pre-pod because Ryan was in on it. The uh, the you know Spain's number two. Yeah, they're pretty dang good. I mean, they have the uh, one of the best players in the world on their team, right? Uh, yeah, they've got a couple Paul, of really good players in there. Paul Gasol. No. Paul Gasol is still on their team. Still, he's still rooting around. Marc Gasol's on their team. R- Ricky Rubio is on their team. Yeah. Um, I th- Serge Ibaka plays for Spain. Right. Um, but like, look at the NBA. The MVP of the league this year, um, Serbian. The last, the MVP of the league last year, Greek. The year before, Greek. The guy who, depending on how this game goes tonight, might be the finals MVP is a Greek man. Rookie of the year last year, Slovenian. I mean, this is a league that where a lot of guys around the world are not only playing, but dominating. It would be a lot of fun to see a Ryder Cup style like basketball series between US and Europe. I think we'd get washed. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. well, was, yeah, because because half the you know, you'd have a a massive amount of American players just not go. Right. Well, uh, that would be a good uh, like Olympic warm-up kind of thing. That would be good for a 3 on 3 format, I think. Yeah. I think we'd get uh, washed and not because that. of talent. I think we'd have a lot of guys not go. And the European players ha- would be more motivated to win. And the same reason why the Ryder Cup, the Europeans win the Ryder say, Cup. Yeah. The Europeans like each other. They're friendly towards one another on the Ryder Cup. And they, they win so more I, often I like than not. I like what Chief just said, though, is like having three-on-three games. So you could build a, say, 15-man team for each, for the U.S. and Europe. And then just like the Ryder Cup has match play, there's some one-on-one games. There's some three-on-three games. Maybe you have so, like one five on five at the end of it. So not with like Joe Johnson and Robbie Hummel though. Right. <laughs> right. No, but like, God, that oh. who's beaten the Luka Giannis Jokic three on three team. Oh man. <laughs> who's the captain of team Europe? Giannis or Jokic. Yeah. Uh, wait, so Luka Giannis and Jokic. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The America can't. The, the thing is, that. Well, yeah, no, that, we're we're going really small, like, and they can't keep up with small. anybody. That's a yeah. very recent development of like the U.S. would get washed though, because five or six years ago, even that's not the case. No, 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 no. And would you? <laughs> we're just in a weird like small stretch of time where all of the best players are European, just about. Well, since none of none of the uh, good American players would want to get go get beat by that uh, that three, then you'd end up with like Jared Harper out there, right? Best case scenario, <laughs> right? But hey, I, I bet he scores because I bet he just blazes right by those guys. <laughs> I think I really do think that we could. Um, there's a case to be made that instead of sending NBA players who haven't ever played with one another, you could send like Baylor, <laughs> like send whoever <laughs> won. Yeah, send the team yeah. that wins the national championship the year of the Olympics and they get to go play for T- as team USA. And then like mighty duck style. And by that, I mean D two mighty ducks 
Right. They get <laughs> That's to, the first uh, thing that came to my mind, too. Right. <laughs> they get to – any players on the team who aren't American can be replaced by ringers. They can bring in the Bash Brothers or um, the Girl Goalie, <laughs> who, whose name escapes me for some reason. <laughs> Julie the cat That's right. Gaffney. Julie the cat Gaffney. <laughs> Why do I know that? I knew it was I knew it was a name and then an animal, but I couldn't remember if it was the wolf, the cat. Julie the cat Gaffney. Ryan, the Mighty Ducks movies were a series of franchises that Hang on. were fantastic. Starring Emilio. They're fantastic, and we who, were kids. Who, who, who here has watched the Mighty Ducks show? Not me, man. Those, uh, no. those, those movies do not hold up. They do though. They're a, they're a perfect encapsulation of a ni- great '90s movie. Speaking of sports movies, though, I will give a recommendation. This is a Crow's top tip. If you love a Remember the Titans style kind of saccharine sports film, my recommendation is this movie, Luke Wilson vehicle, called Tw- Twelve Mighty Orphans. It's in theaters right now, and it is a movie about a school for orphans that competed in single a football in the thirties in Texas and Mm. true story, really good movie. Luke Wilson plays a coach that is in the Texas sports hall of fame. I was about to say, this sounds like a, uh, 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 Matthew McConaughey vehicle, but, but I guess they went and got a a different Texas. Apparently Luke Wilson is the one who like, he read us an article about this huh. story and was like, we got to get this thing off the ground. So if you watch a lot of the Luke Wilson, uh, like bottle rocket or some of the yeah. old Wes Anderson movies, there's some random yeah. cameos from some actors that you're like, Oh wait, that guy was in bottle rocket or Rushmore. Yeah. Um, is, the, is the older, the, the less, lesser known Wilson brother in there. I think Andrew is in one of the, I think yeah. he is in this movie. You know who else in this movie? T- it's Rooster McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey's oh, older so brother. It's- is in the right. movie. They are yeah. Texans, right? The, oh yeah, the they're all from Dallas, and uh, yeah, it's a good film. I liked it a lot. It's um, also, they, also includes Robert Duvall. Oh yeah, and uh, Martin Sheen, Treat Williams, and uh, someone I know only as the kid who played Kendall Crow in season four of Justified. Sure, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good flick. Um, the the coach is like he's known in Texas circles as the guy who basically invented what was then called the spread offense, which now he would just call like the basic offense of football, like putting a quarterback under center and wide receivers out wide, like that. And like 1938, he's doing this, and so obviously it's like destroying football <laughs> to people. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good flick if you like football, if you like uh sports movies. It follows all of the sports movie formulas down to the old guys are drunk in the movie. <laughs> so, oh, Newman is in it, by the way. Oh, from Seinfeld. Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight himself. Yeah. Well, he had to do something since he didn't get into Space Jam too. And you know what's funny is I thought he was messed I, up when I saw his name in the opening credits. I go, I thought he was dead. Like I almost audibly said, <laughs> I thought he had died for some reason. I'd got that in my brain that Wayne Knight had passed away on us. But no, alive and well. Still working. Um, all right, so we want to talk NBA draft. The finals are currently happening. Yeah, I'm but uh, watching in the background. The Suns just took the lead. I read a very interesting article today 
by our SB Nation brethren, Denver Stiffs, about basically why they want Sharif Cooper to fall to them at 26. <laughs> Which, sure, yeah, I bet I bet they do too. Because I think even though they do have Facund- Chiefs' favorite player, Facundo Campazzo from Argentina, um, <laughs> the only player in the league to throw more than one nutmeg passes <laughs> in regulation games. <laughs> um, the oldest rookie in the league last year, I think he was 36. He He's not that old, but he was a rookie. They got him and they got a couple other point guards, but they think Sharif fits in with their style of play. And they make a point that I I um I think we've made on this pod is that if you if you watch the Sharif Cooper experience at Auburn, from the first time he caught an inbound pass and took two dribbles, you knew, oh, this guy's controlling the game. Like he's running the game. Like they, they said nobody else in this draft runs the game like Sharif does. It's gonna go on his terms at his speed. He is in charge. I think that's a that is a he's a floor general who could play a long time in the league. Which I think reminds me reminds me a lot of James Jones's guy Chris Paul. It just Chris Paul runs the show, period. Win or lose, it's gonna be because of number three. What yeah, does Sharif need to do in the league? I mean, realistically, I mean, we can always say, oh, he needs to shoot better. He needs to you know, play defense better. But, like, realistically, what is his path forward to being a NBA starter for 10 years? Same with Jason Kidd. He has to develop an outside shot. So, like, Jason Kidd, when he came in the league, could not shoot. Could not shoot. And finally, it took him a number of years, but he developed an outside shot. He ended up. He's in the top, I want to say he's in the top 20 in three-pointers made. Like, he, he figured it out. So does that look like Sharif being a 40% three-point three, three shooter or better than that, worse than that? He's just got to be 35%. Because he was yeah, like 35, yeah, I was say. 30, 35. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to, he doesn't have to be Steph. He just has to be, he just has to be a threat. He just can't be Ricky Rubio or Ray John Rondo. But even if he is those guys, or Ben Simmons, Rajon, yeah, Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. Rajon and, and Ricky have been in the league for ever, ten plus years. Both yeah. of those guys yeah. are going to probably because of the way that basketball does their Hall of Fame. Ricky Rubio and Rajon Rondo might be Hall of Famers. <laughs> I think Rajon is. I, I think yeah, he, right? I think Rajon he will be. is. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, so. Ricky Rubio has a gold medal in an Olympics, which counts a lot in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Also, just being in the league like gives you about a 50% chance that you're going to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Being in the league is a big yeah. deal. you got to have a gold medal or a championship, and Ricky has one. Rajon has championships for the Lakers and the Celtics. That's basically a lock. <laughs> He's in. Right. Yeah, so Rajon Rondo is a Hall of Famer who can't shoot. And so Sharif could, but the difference is that Rajon's an elite defender. So Sharif's right. got to add, right. he's got to add something else to his game. Well, if he can actually grow into that 6'4 uh, height they measured him at, <laughs> maybe he can do it. Man, if he was 6'4, he's the number, he's the top five pick in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's, the, that's why I said realistically, though, because I don't think you can say, hey, Sharif, go become a elite defender. No. Your size, a point guard. Yeah. He's going to be going up against other point guards that are, Six, seven, now, six, eight. I mean, now I mean he can 
he can do the type of things that Chris Paul does because Chris Paul is six foot, right? Uh, probably even less than that now. Uh, but I mean, I've stood next to the man. Uh, you may not be a lockdown on ball defender, but if you can do the other types of things, if you can get a lot of steals, if you can read passing lanes, if you can jump passing lanes, that would help a lot. Sharif also is. Sharif also reminds me of Chris Paul and to some extent, Trey Young, in that there's one rule that is rumored to be being changed this offseason that if it is changed, those guys really, the league is going to be tough on them. And that is the if you're dribbling and you stop and the guy runs into the back of you, it's no longer going to be a foul on the defense. Um, that that's 95% of Trey Young's game <laughs> in a lot of in a lot of cases, and a lot of it's Chris Ball. Literally, there were guys who used to call that the Paul. Was you just you dribble, let a guy ride the back of you, then you stop and let him hit you, and now you're going to the line. Um, and Sharif did it a bunch at Auburn, a bunch which is how he ended up at the line so many times in a lot of those games. So let's hope they don't change that rule for uh, Sharif's sake. When the NBA goes and changes a rule like that, does it, do they typically stick to it? Because it seems like in college, every couple of years, you say, oh, the, the head fake rule where they implemented right. it for a month and then they never called it again. That's a different thing. So the, the NBA will do that crap too, and they'll say, we're putting a we're, – putting a bigger importance or like calling attention to this rule that already exists. And then you'll see them call whatever it is a hundred times in October and November. And then by the time the playoffs roll around, they've relaxed it completely. This would, this might be a full on rule change. Like that we saw a couple of years ago with the, what they call the Kevin Durant rule, where if a guy is reaching in on you, you can't just, move your hands up as fast as they can as you can with the ball and get a shame yeah. foul. The rip through rule. So Durant used to do that and get two free throws all game. And now they're saying it's a common foul. It's not a shooting foul. So that's a legitimate rule change, which mm-hmm. would be the difference. Because hmm. they got to do some of this. Like some of these guys have made their entire game about, like James Harden, about how can I read the – I mean, he even says he reads the rule book more than most referees do. How can I read the rule book to the point where I can figure out a loophole so I can figure out that I can actually hop on one foot three steps and that only counts as one step with the way the rules are written in the NBA? Like, it's it's wild. Yeah, that's uh, – it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, and see how that, that does affect the game. Uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see if it trickles down because you know there's there's a lot of dudes that want to play like James Harden uh, right. in high school right now and college too. So, uh, and James Harden, everybody dogs on him, but he is an elite scorer and he's an elitely elitely. It's not a word. He has an elite body. He is so strong for a guard that it is very difficult to foul him. And him not be able to get a shot off. That's tough. Like he, he can get mm-hmm. a shot off no matter what you do to him. Um, but let's let's real quick, let's look at some mocks. I don't think, Ryan, I don't think there's been any real updates for. No, I, I think we'll see some more come out 
uh, the end of this week, beginning of next week, because the draft is next Thursday. Right. So we'll, we could do uh, another pod about that. Um, but yeah, right now the big war, the big um, people think Jay, our old friend Jalen Green might be the set number two pick in the draft. Um, <laughs> which that would be very interesting because that would change. That would really shake up where Sharif might end up going because a lot of people thought the Rockets were going to take um, Suggs at number two. But if the Rockets take Green, then the Rockets might still be looking for a point guard later in the draft. And they've got all those picks. I mean, that, that so would make picks. a lot of sense. You know, if you go high upside, you get a guy like Jalen Green in the top five and then say, well, let's go get Sharif. And if he works out, then we have an amazing base for a team going forward. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. For um, sure. But it, it's really... Uh, I don't know if this is typical of the NBA, and I, I feel like I've heard you guys say it is. Like you, With the NFL draft, you kind of have an idea of where guys are going throughout the first round. You know, you know who's going to be top five. You know who's going to be top ten. And guys all the way through are kind of – you know who's looking for what. But I guess right. with basketball, I mean, it seems like Sharif could go to almost anybody from 12 to 30. Yep. Same with JT Thor. I, mean, yeah. I have no idea where he's going to go. Yep. There will generally be kind of an accepted, like, hey, there's these somewhere between four and eight guys, and they will be more or less the first however many picks. There might be one guy that sneaks in there. You know, uh, last year was kind of an example where no, you know, it was a, there wasn't really anybody like that. So it was just kind of whatever. It was a free for all. This year, I think, I think I've, seeing that it's kind of a four player draft. So it's those four are going to go in some area. And then from five to 40. Yeah. Who knows? It's a, I've read because you're only drafting two guys. So you're not really, there's not a big strategy. Oh, we're we're going to go quarterback first round, defensive end second round. We're just taking best available. I I would guess. Everyone takes best available. I am. Right now, CBS's mock that went up yesterday has Sharif at 24 to the Rockets, and they don't have they don't have JT in the first. So, that's that's the latest mock that I can see. Hmm. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. If, if if Thor went in the late teens or the middle of the second round, neither of those would surprise me. Yeah, I agree. Because that that's the that's that that late lottery and then like that right after the lottery teams are able to just grasp at at straws because those guys for the most part, aren't even guaranteed to make a roster. Um, especially in the second round and the late first, like there are guys every year who get drafted, who never make an NBA team. They get stashed overseas. They go to the G league. That's it. Like there's no requirement in the NBA that says, oh, man, we got to really make our first-round pick hit. In the NFL, I feel like there's a lot more. The GMs are like, our first-round pick has to hit, and they've got to basically start within three years or it's a failure. In the NBA, if you try, if you get drafted 25th, it, you might not ever make the NBA, and no one's going to lose their yeah. job. And if you're drafted top 10, you may not even start. Yeah, but if you're, number, if you're top five in the NBA, a GM's going to lose his job. If you don't start that year. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, whereas 
you know, to take it even further, a second rounder in the NFL. I mean, you got to get your second rounders right in yep. the NFL draft, or that will lose you your job. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas there are now, you know, correct me, I think it's now there are two second rounders that have ever been MVP, and one of them is this year. Right. And the other one was when there were, I think, 12 teams in the mm-hmm. league. So it was something like the 14th pick. So it's. You, the value drops off pretty steep. Yeah. If you're still looking at those mod drafts, uh, where's uh, Davion slotted at right now? 12th. Davion Mitchell 12th. slotted at 12th. Uh, wow. Who, who could, would that put him at? That puts him. Well, I closed it. I think that put him at the Thunder or maybe right before the Thunder. Um, That's a good pick. The Thunder have a ton of picks, too. So that's a good guess at this point. <laughs> the Thunder have like have like four, I think, in the first round. Something crazy. Don't they have yeah. like twelve picks over the next three years or something yeah, like that? They just stockpile. Yeah. All right. Do we want to talk a little bit about um, like SEC media days? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it just it. A, a lot of what makes it matter doesn't matter anymore. I right. mean, you know, Are for you one thing, we have. Much? Yeah. Does it mean more? It doesn't, anymore? It, it doesn't <laughs> just mean more. Uh, like, the only novelties at this point uh, are when somebody says something ridiculous, or like what has really happened is uh, the two, the three things that I've noticed so far was today Saban's comment about. Uh, Bryce Young's NIL earnings already. Uh, that wasn't even Frank, media days. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't. That wasn't. It just happens to be this week. You're right. Uh, there was Shane Beamer taking recreating Spurrier's famous picture at the Arby's in Hoover. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I saw one where Lane Kiffin got off the plane coming back from Hoover and he was already in a fishing shirt and shorts, ready to go out on the lake. <laughs> I, I like that Lane Kiffin gives things the importance they deserve. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird... I mean, our guy... Uh, you think player... You know, it's always been a honor for the players to be the ones chosen to go to media days. You think that's even a thing anymore? I don't know. I mean, it's your two captains, more or less. You've got Bo and uh, Bo and Papo going. But I I would think for the players almost, it's kind of a cool, like, oh, all the fans are there. I don't really get that. I don't get to be the center of attention quite that much. It, uh, it does show who your leaders are. Yeah. It shows who the coaches are. Because think. it's not a big fan of it, just because of COVID again this year, it's, it's just another press conference. I mean, but, which I would also say, like, other than his introductory press conference, I don't think I know what Brian Harson's voice sounds like. <laughs> and his voice sounds like him pointing at someone. Right. That's all I know. It's him pointing to his left or right. Um, usually to his left with his right hand. I, yeah, I, there was a rumor that he's a Scientologist. That was on Twitter the other day. <laughs> oh, oh, cool. So I, that's all I know about our head coach at this point. Still, he's 
may or may not be a Scientologist. He well, likes to point. And Hail Zenu. Hail Zenu. He's spoken once in public, as far as I know. I, I, I don't think about him. I don't really, he, oh, I know his dad likes to dirt bike. Dirt, not dirt bike. Uh, drag race. Drag race. Drag race. Not too. just his dad. He does. Yeah. But he, he hasn't really since he's been... Yeah. The one thing I did see, the one thing I did see is like maybe a month or so ago, he went with um, the Auburn car team up to the Indy 500, um, and I guess Auburn was doing the uh, autonomous car driving up at Mm. Indy, so he went out there with the team and just kind of got to observe and interact with them. That's cool. I hadn't seen that. Yeah. Does he speak on camera? I just don't think. Let's see. <laughs> this is I yeah, I don't think so. This is my Gene Chizik doesn't have any teeth uh, take. Ryan, Gene Chizik <laughs> famously never smiled with his. There were no photos. There are no photos online of Gene Chizik's teeth. And I mean, I'm just thinking, like, I mean, I guess chicken fingers aren't that hard to eat without teeth. So. <laughs> you can just gum them. And you've never seen Art Bryles' arms. Those are the other ones. Art Bryles wore long sleeves every single day. And every photo of Art Bryles is him in a long sleeve shirt. I mean, so the, the less I see him, the better. The rumor was for a longer time that he had these massive just prison tattoos. Just fully. <laughs> yeah. Just Peter Moreland sleeve tat. <laughs> he looks like Viggo Morrison in that uh, History of Violence movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good, good one, flick. too, by the way. Good yeah. flick. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, Ryan, which I don't know why you would have because you were like 11 years old when it came out. That was peak what Viggo was Mortensen. History of Violence. It's, it's a David Cronenberg film. If you're not familiar with David Cronenberg, you should look that up, Brian. I played baseball growing up with a kid named Chris Cronenberger. Uh, Probably nope. related. No. No. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> did his dad do movie motion pictures? <laughs> they also did a movie together called A History of Violence, which is pretty... That's the one I was just talking about. Oh, wait. I thought you were talking about, about Eastern Promises. Oh, Eastern yeah. Promises is the one where he's got tats all That's over. right. I get them confused quite a bit. But yes, Eastern, Eastern Promises. Two things I don't know of. They're both yeah. great. They're both great. <laughs> yeah. You should watch them both. Eastern Promises is the one where he's an escaped Russian. He's a Russian mobster guy. That's right. That gets out of prison. I don't think he escapes. I think he just gets out. He gets got out. Yeah, it's been a while. I saw it's been a while. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to watch it now because it's been so long. History of Violence is one where he's a bartender, and then all of a sudden he snaps. Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. he's uh he. Uh, it's basically uh, Mr. Nobody or not, not Mr. Nobody. Nobody. The uh, John uh, or John Godly Bob Odenkirk film that recently came out. It's something similar to that, only it's not as uh, silly as that movie is. That, yeah. that movie has RZA in it. The RZA. The RZA. Gong Gong. All right. Hey, crew, I've got another uh, question for you. Go for uh, it, man. So I'm going to be All here traveling next week. Do you have any uh, experience at LAX and how to kill a three-hour layover? Oh, man. Let me what tell you. Well, first of all, tips? first of all, fly through John Wayne. Yeah, uh, that's the first tip is don't go to LA. Well, I'm not flying into LA until it's Okay, LAX, all right. Well, yeah, right. you're it's better just, off actually. I guess you're in a layover situation. The layover in LAX is the worst part. So flying into LAX, because everything in LAX is before security. So you can kind of get a lot done before you get through security. Once you get through security, LAX is a 
hellhole. There's not a lot going on. There's not a lot of like places to eat. There's not a lot of places to get a drink. There's like really, it's like a, it feels like a very small airport once you get past security. Like you might as well be in Greensboro. So it, it'll be middle of the day on a Tuesday. Will I have time to go out of security and come back in? No. For three hours? I don't know. No. No. <laughs> no. You could have told me six hours no. that I wouldn't recommend doing it at LAX. <laughs> nope. Not in LA traffic. No. My recommendation, Ryan, what airline are you flying? Delta. Okay, my recommendation, and this is going to sound crazy and very pompous, uh, is to find the Delta Lounge and pay the $50 to get into the lounge. And that's the best way to spend three hours. Because your flight to wherever you're connecting to, um, I'm assuming this is your Hawaii flight? This is, yes. Yeah, your flight to Hawaii, probably going to get delayed because it's Delta and it's LAX. So now you're that 50 bucks you spent for three hours becomes for four hours. And that feels a little nice. Plus once you're in the lounge, it's free drinks. Right. And you'll spend $50, $50 on drinks in an hour. Ooh, 50 drinks, man. It's $50 on drinks. Hey bro. I, I made, I made that mistake once <laughs> in, uh, in Atlanta. Uh, it was lunch and I started eating, eating wings at a smoked wings place and had like three beers. And all of a sudden my tab was $75. Yeah. You don't want to make that mistake. So like, Yowza. The, the thing is, Ryan, my rule used to be – I don't – obviously, I haven't fl- flown in a million years. But my rule used to be if my layover is over three hours, I find a lounge. I would amend that for LAX because there's literally nothing to do. That's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Like Atlanta, you yeah, can, you can travel through gates, through from one terminal to the other and see the cool art. Well, yeah, and that's, that's what I'm used <laughs> to is, is places like Atlanta where everything is behind security. Yeah, no, this is no. not LAX is not that way. Okay, Good this is know. it. Literally, is more like yeah. going to Greensboro for three hours. Yeah, yeah. or uh, the the weirdest airport in the continental United States, Kansas City. <laughs> yes, it's a very strange airport. Although they do have <laughs> stuff behind security, they have like one beer tap behind uh, our right. uh, past security. It's pretty cool. Uh, one beer tap. Um, <laughs> John Wayne is awesome though. They John Wayne is a, awesome. Uh, yes. I love John Wayne. My, the weirdest airport in my experience was Detroit only because I had never been before and I expected it to be lousy and I landed it. And it's it a great airport. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, you this get to, you is get to go the runway? Yeah. yeah. Uh, O'Hare's a decent airport. Uh, in there. O'Hare's American Airlines Lounge has a shower and that is a game changer. Wow. Is it wow. like it's the line yeah. for it, like a million miles long? No, it's not. I think a couple. I think there's actually a few of the airports that have showers in the American Airlines Lounge, but if you find one that does, that's a game changer. Because if you, let's say you have like a two hour layover in O'Hare, and you got like a 45 minute flight, you get a nice shower in. It's a whole new. It's a new day by the time you land. You feel like you didn't even fly. Yeah, I could have used one when when I was in O'Hare. We uh, got delayed there after the national championship game, and it was pretty bad. We didn't think we were going to make it out of there. A lot of de-icing going on. Yeah, flying it was a situation. That was really gross and dirty. I so. hate flying in the winter a lot for that reason. Yeah. Well, guys, safe travels, Ryan. When are you going to? Thank you. Uh, so I'll be leaving Tuesday morning and coming back the next Tuesday. So you're not doing the pod from Hawaii, I take it? I I, I will not be. Okay. 
So we'll figure something out for next week. Well, I, I, I won't, I probably won't be available next week either. I'm going down to Orlando to see Everton play, assuming that it happens. The Florida Cup. Uh, yeah, the old Florida yeah. Cup. Arsenal pulled out today. So Florida Cup or Fulmer Cup? Florida, Florida Cup. Florida Cup, Ryan. Let's Everyone yeah. has that other one unlocked too, I think. <laughs> Might. <laughs> there are right. no charges yet. No charges. There's no charges. Uh, is it an ongoing investigation? It is an ongoing investigation. Apparently. All right, guys. Everybody have a War Eagle weekend. Let's have a great Olympics and we'll get back together when we get back together. Don't worry, you know.